You're listening to the Inner Voyage Podcast with me, Mike, an American tennis professional and Medusadon, a spiritual author and doctor from India. From completely different backgrounds, we've come together to talk about a wide range of topics. Medusadon's spiritual wisdom combined with my experience from the tennis door give the listener two completely different perspectives. The Inner Voyage begins now. Hey, Mike. Uh, good to see you back on today's episode. Uh, it's a very important topic today about wealth, you know. So wealth is perceived to be, you know, the cause of all problems and as well as the solution to all problems. But I think it's pretty notional out here as sometimes I feel that humans are the only species which are running behind this notional concept. Uh, you know, you look at all the other species like there is nothing that exists uh, which is at par to money for them. They enjoy such a blissful life. So somewhere we need to understand that this is a creation of the mind. And anything that the mind creates is very temporary and transient. It's, it's subject to various changes because the mind itself is not stable. So having wealth is not the problem. But when this wealth enters your head, you know, that time it becomes perversion. So first, let us understand what exactly is wealth. So broadly, there are two types of wealth, you know, be it tangible wealth or intangible wealth. In other words, the wealth of the body or wealth of the mind. So the tangible wealth is obviously the money, the assets, the house and cars and stuff like that. Whereas the intangible or the mental wealth is your knowledge, your wisdom, your experiences. These are intangible. However, both are transient, both are temporary and both are never ending because the search for money or the search for knowledge, both is uh, never ending. So if we attach our happiness to wealth, be it the tangible or the intangible, be it the wealth of the body or wealth of the mind, it is still not going to be fruitful as there is no good or bad out here. So this reminds me of uh, Marcus Aurelius when he says that very little is needed for a happy life for he who has understood existence because that's where the distinction lies. Like the wealth that we associate today, we associate it with life, but that is not life. That is basically just the accessory to life. Life can very well exist without this wealth. So, you know, first we need to have that distinction and not attach our happiness to, to it because it's, it's like water, you know, it's like sand. As Buddha says, you know, you just hold wealth in your hand and it's gone because wealth is flow. It can, you know, pass on from one mouth to the other, from one hand to the other, but it cannot be grabbed and held upon for long because it will just flow away from you. It's moving energy. So that is very essential when it comes to wealth another concept when we deal with the physical wealth you know which is actually the root cause of uh, i would say all uh, the mental stress today is that people these days want to desire wealth and acquire wealth but they don't want to do anything for it the people who have been successful didn't have money iq they had good money eq that means they had good relation or understanding or emotions with money that's where they were able to handle it. They were able to provide solutions to what the planet needs and in return, they got money. But these days, people have the primary approach of money or wealth and that's where the problem arises. So first of all, we need to have appreciation and gratitude for every bit of wealth we have. 
be it the body or be it the mental wealth as what we appreciate will invariably appreciate in life so that's why we need to first inculcate this practice and moving on to wealth i would first like to know your views on wealth and then we could uh, get deeper into this topic well great to be back with you medusanon and i i really agree with you that that wealth is flow and it's moving energy and you need this flow in your internal world i think first and then it manifests in the external world so the inner world is more important uh, that's what i think um you know positive emotions really make you energetically wealthy and so focusing on that and then the external will follow suit um, when i think back on my life the richest moments of my life have nothing to do with money they're usually the most meaningful fulfilling moments and they have to do with family friends and love and when i play tennis um i've never really wanted to look at the prize money i've always wanted to focus on having fun the passion um, that i've had from the game since since day one and focusing on the things i could i could control which is kind of my inner state and then you know the money usually comes if you're playing from that uh, positive state and i also think that health is the new wealth it's rare to see someone these days that's perfectly healthy. Everyone's got an issue. And so if you don't feel great, you can't really enjoy life. And, you know, the energy has to be flowing. You have to feel vibrant. And so um, working on your, your health is very important. I know as an athlete, whenever I was playing too much, I might have been winning and, and being successful. But if my body felt beat up, I couldn't really enjoy life if I was if super fatigued. And athletes usually have to retire because their bodies give out. And so I've been making a concerted effort in my career to keep improving my health, keep taking care of my body because I really want to enjoy um, my life. And, you know, that's really what I feel um, is, is real wealth. And um, that's how you can get the most out of life if you're feeling good. But my question for you, Medusa, is why do you think people these days are so attached to that money and, and financial wealth and that, either that new car, the new house? And it seems like people are always chasing these things. Why do you think that is? So the attachment to wealth, be it uh, the physical or the uh, intangible wealth, basically comes from the reptilian part of our brain. That is that was uh, developed during the hunter and gatherer uh, era. I mean that is the survival instinct that turns on uh, because we fear losing our position in the society. We fear you know uh, losing things, and that's where we try to gather it. We try to amass wealth, and you know just uh, attach ourselves so much to it that it becomes uh, the cause for all most of our problems. So first of all, we need to identify the attachment. So there is this beautiful uh, Indian philosophy where they term wealth as maya or illusion. So why do they call it an illusion? Uh, simply because it's a mind-created fiction and it's very notional, be it the tangible wealth or the intangible wealth. I, uh, you know, I'll give you an example that previously... Uh, the fruit pineapple was equivalent to gold. I mean, it was very much a currency in use. Then we had uh, pepper, which was, uh, you know, traded uh, as, uh, you know, a very precious commodity. In India, we had cattle, which was treated as bullion and a big investment. Now, if you come today, these things hold no value. 
So it was in just like uh, maybe 100, 200 years, these uh, commodities have turned obsolete and uh, they hold no value in comparison to the modern currency. And I'm pretty sure, you know, after in the future, uh, there will be something else that will replace even today's currency. So having attachment to uh, the so-called wealth is uh, very impractical. Now the same is also stands true for knowledge because there was a time uh, in our history where we used to believe that the earth is flat. We had uh, different notions about uh, gods and mythologies. We, uh, you know, the law of gravity didn't exist. And now when we have the advent of science and uh, things are changing every five years and we are having new discoveries, there are new knowledge that is coming out. And the previous one is just updating and getting obsolete. So uh, even having attachment to our previous knowledge or previous beliefs is also a problem here. So we must uh, learn to be fluid like wealth because wealth is fluid and if we are rigid that is where the imbalance happens. So become fluid with the wealth and don't be attached to it as uh, wealth is actually a means to an end and not an end in itself and the wealth that we control should not end up controlling us. So now when we talk about control I mean uh, we project what we are right. So these days wealth is uh, being used as a medium to control people. Uh, you know, there are employers who, uh, you know, abuse the employees just because they have uh, the wealth giving capacity. And that has actually enslaved us to a tremendous amount of pressure, tremendous amount of stress and torture. I mean, the freedom of life is completely gone. And uh, the person who is uh, giving us wealth could practically make us do anything. So the liberty is somewhere being diluted. So what is your uh, view on this aspect and how do you uh, deal with such things, you know, if if ever it comes up in your life? Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I think, you know, we could be cogs in the economic machine and the people with the wealth and the power can definitely take advantage and exploit people working for them. And I see this a little bit in, in my life. Um, the the fact that you can lose a little control in your freedom um and in the tennis industry um when i'm paid by sponsors and promoters to do uh an appearance they they kind of have you on the hook you know they, they dangle the carrot of money in front of you you've you've accepted and you've went and you've grabbed the carrot but now they have the liberty to to work you any way they feel fit sometimes they work you to the bone and they try to get as much out of you um and you know, that that money that you're earning comes at the expense of of your body and your mind and, and sometimes your freedom. So you have to learn how to say no because the tennis tour is tough enough. It's a year-round sport where you're playing tournaments um, for 11 months out of the year. And sometimes when we come home, we're offered um, an, an exhibition or something to get back on the road and go earn a little extra money. But um, you pay for it down the line because then you're not ready to play the next tournament and you're a little tired. So um, you only have so much to give. You have to re rest and recharge the body. Um, you only have so much time too. So um, knowing that and and not having that that scarcity mindset that sometimes uh, we have as athletes because we have short careers. We feel like we have to earn it in a short amount of time. Um, but understanding that money is energy, energy is really infinite in the universe. So there's enough out there 
Um, so you got to know when to really do what's best for um, you at the time and, and make sure you're not giving or exerting too much. With that said, I kind of wanted to switch gears and ask you about the, the balance of, of wealth. I know financial wealth is just a part of the whole wealth picture. And, you know, I think people need to stay balanced um, with their spiritual and their emotional wealth to stay in line with their financial wealth. Because I've seen many times where money can really magnify who you really are. If you're a good person, money can make you great. But if you're a bad person, it could even bring out the the bad qualities that you have. And, and if you don't have that foundation of character, I think um, money can really expose those bad qualities. So what are your views on this? So spirituality is uh, nothing but the path of the spirit, right? So we have had uh, people like Bill Gates, uh, Warren Buffet, Sir Richard Branson, who have uh, known to be relied on their intuition and gut feeling while making financial decisions in their life. So spirituality works on the same lines of making this inner voice louder and clearer so it, it can guide you at the right moment and at the right time. So definitely when we talk about financial wealth, spirituality you know, goes hand in hand. And uh, when we say, you know, that wealth magnifies our potential and magnifies uh, the way we can function. Well, if we are magnifying ourselves, then definitely we require a bigger vessel, a larger vessel to, uh, you know, contain uh, this magnification. Otherwise, it'll just end up overflowing. So spirituality uh, helps in magnifying that vessel that is magnifying our mind, our thinking and our beliefs. Uh, also, you know, even uh, when we talk about uh, financial wealth, you require deep awareness of where to uh, spend and how to uh, deal with it. And uh, spirituality is all about inculcating that awareness and that emotional bond between you and wealth. So uh, cumulatively, uh, you know, it plays a great role out here. But there are a few things that we also need to understand that it is not only wealth that can magnify us because we are infinite beings. Now, you could see that uh, we had history of uh, Gautama Buddha, who was a son of a king, but yet he renounced all the pleasures of the palace, renounced all his wealth, ultimately to attain Nirvana. So he did it after renouncing. So he could have very well done it with the wealth, but somewhere, uh, you know, it says that it uh, didn't work for him. Now, even we had uh, Jesus Christ, who worked for the welfare of the society, uh, you know, without wealth. So it's not that wealth is essential for, uh, you know, uh, doing good to the society or uh, attaining your goals because we have had history of people who have, uh, you know, moved from rags and uh, today they are doing welfare for the society, be it Mahatma Gandhi, be it uh, Mother Teresa and uh, many other uh, enlightened and uh, blissful souls on this planet. So wealth may help, but it is not the only thing that can, you know, magnify it as let us not forget that it is only a medium of exchange and not let it become the medium of our life because uh, life is beyond that. Life is infinite. This is only an accessory to life and something that should, uh, you know, remain in our control than we becoming in its control. Those are wise words as always, and thanks for the explanation, Madhusudan. Um, to conclude, I would like to kind of summarize what I think 
are the three most important um, aspects of wealth. And there are three F's, they're family, fitness, and freedom. And so family, just spending more time with your loved ones and cherishing those moments. Then you got fitness. I think you really need health to enjoy life. And then freedom. You don't want to be bogged down by a job you don't like and you want to really have the freedom to go after whatever your heart desires. So thanks for a fun discussion and look forward to doing it again next week. Thank you.